Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Real Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today we are at Frankfurt Avenue Liquors and we are with Filmland Spirits located in Los Angeles, California. They came out to join us and uh, we have their owner and I guess CEO, uh, Troy Bolotnik with us. How are you doing today, Troy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And I got a buddy of mine that, that came to visit with me, Mr. Mike Page. What's going on, Mike? Hey, thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. Good deal. Good deal. So, Troy, you know, I've been, I've been reading some of the stuff up on your all's uh, new distillery and products that you all are landing out. You got Rise of the Robots, Moonlight Mayhem, and then Moonlight Mayhem, the extended cut. Picked up a couple of bottles at the local Kroger recently here in Louisville. So I've been trying these. So I wanted to have you on the show. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Absolutely. So my name is Troy Bolotnik. I'm the CEO and founder of Filmland Spirits. I live in Los Angeles where the company is based. Um, I've had a very varied career that sort of led me here, but the relevant part of it is uh, I was in the entertainment industry and the film industry many, many years ago uh, when I first moved to California about 30 years ago and uh, you know wrote and directed and line produced and I was a production assistant. I mean, I, I did just about every job. So a lot of that informs where, you know, flash forward many, many years, uh, and a lot of different careers and um, brings us to Filmland Spirits. So you were actually in the film industry, kind of did all the, the gambit, you know. Did yeah. you, were you ever like a key grip? You held the mic or anything like that? I did everything. So yeah. when, when I first came out, I was, I was 22, two day, graduated college. Two days later, I was out here. I wanted to be a screenwriter, but I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to learn. And I always say my first few years out here were like I was in film school, even though I didn't go to film school. Gotcha. Because I did everything there was to do. Now, you got to be an East Coast boy with that that accent. I am. Where are you from originally? (laughs) New York originally. New York, okay. I I was going to guess Jersey, New York, somewhere, (laughs) maybe even Philly, but... But I, but I definitely uh, I picked up the vibe there that that's definitely where you came from was somewhere on the East Coast. I, I think I must be tired because I, normally nobody notices it, but now I guess it's coming out. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I've done a lot of things for my, for a living, so <laughs> I, I kind of pick up probably some things that most people don't. I guess maybe that that might right. have something to do with it too. I'm a commercial lender by trade too, so uh, so I have customers all over the United States. So like I said, I, 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 I sneak in and out of those gambits and things like that. So. So tell me, how did you, how, how did Filmland come about? You know, you started, I guess, in 2020, and then you sent off your bottles for some awards, and like all kinds of crazy stuff happened. Yeah, so so it actually dates back further than that, where uh, one of my partners, a guy named Charlie Flint, he and I have been friends for almost 30 years, and we've, you know, done different businesses together. Um, and he lives in Atlanta, I'm in LA, kind of separately and together, we got into bourbon, right, a bunch of years ago. And we started making pilgrimages here to Kentucky to go visit distilleries as tourists. And, you know, at this point, we've probably been to, you know, over 70 distilleries all over the country. And on one of those trips, you know, we we fell in love with it. We fell in love with the art and the science and the culture and the people. And uh, on one of those trips driving between Lexington and Louisville, we were just going. I was looking out the window at the fields going by and the cows and everything. And I just turned to him like, we got to do this. We got to do our own brand. And so you flash forward a bunch of years because, you know, we're on separate coasts and whatever. And I'm sitting with another friend who's, you know, helping me out getting it going. And uh, we were banging our heads against the wall. We came up with so many different concepts and ideas. And, you know, we'd find one we're like, this is it. We love this one. Then somebody's got a trademark and we can't do it. Or we'd sleep on it for a few days and go, what were we thinking? That was terrible. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and we knew we wanted bottles and, and labels that, that stood out and could give us an outlet for our creativity. Um, and then, you know, we were at one of those like stopping points, like, I don't know what we're going to do. And we're banging our heads against the wall. 
and he just started interviewing me because he's a podcast host also. And he started asking me what I'm passionate about. And I started talking about writing in the movies. And he stopped me and he said, you know, the way you talk about uh, writing in the movies and the passion is the same way you talk about whiskey. So we need to find a way to put whiskey and the movies and your writing together. And then it was, seconds later, Filmland was born from that, the concept. Hmm, that's really interesting. So I'm, I'm going to dive in and uh, smell and, and taste this rise of the robot. And, and I do love the pun there, rise of the robots. Um, and, and, and for folks, and, and you'll see it once I post up stuff, the, the bottles and the labels are just super cool, super ordinate. The one thing I really, really appreciate is I love the sturdiness of the bottle. Like um, the cork is very well placed, it's well designed, um, it's nice and heavy and thick, and then also just like all of the etching and stuff like that that comes into the, the attention to detail you put into to making sure that you had a good quality product that stood on the shelf. I can really, really tell that you did a lot of that. Yeah, thank you. We, we've heard that uh, a few times now because we did. We, we spent two years nonstop developing this and putting in tremendous detail into every aspect of the label and the bottle and most importantly, the whiskey. Yeah. So smelling these, these this is a little for, like fruit forward for a rye. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little bit of the, you know, your typical rye, you know, sm- smells and scents and things to that nature. It's got a little caramel, a little bit of vanilla, but I'm getting something a little bit different about this one. So what's the mash bill on this? This is 95.5. 95.5? Okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. So get a little bit of fruit. I'm, I'm getting almost like a, like, a, like a pear note on there, on the nose. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it carries through on the palate there. So tell us a little bit more about Rise of the Robots, Saving the World. Serve the drinks, save the world. Serve the drinks, save the world. All right, right. I, I love that. So tell us, tell us how that came about. And, 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 and from my understanding, from talking to Sierra a little bit, that you know you guys have a little bit of a backstory for every one of the bottles that you release. Can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Yeah, sure. So the concept is that every one of our products is based on an original movie concept, one that we create. And it's a movie concept that pays homage to the B-movies of the mid-20th century, like big over-the-top plots, robots, monsters, that kind of thing. And so we, um, we take that and we pair that with ultra-high-quality liquid, award-winning liquid. So like I think you mentioned earlier, all of our liquids won medals at San Francisco World Spirits Competition this year, which you know was back in April long before we launched. So we were really excited about that. So then we, we sit down. Sometimes we come up with the story first, and then we go find liquid to match the story. And then sometimes we come up with you know, we find some liquid that we love and then we come up with a story that matches the liquid. And I always say the liquid is the story. The story is the liquid. It's in my mind, it's all one. Gotcha. Right. So rise of the robots in one of our brainstorming sessions, I just said it out loud because we knew we were doing B movies and and the titles have a certain cadence to them. Right. And it just, it, it blurted out of my mouth, like rise of the robots. And it just from there. And I wrote uh, about a three page treatment. So a treatment is like a summary of what the movie would be. Uh, for the whole story, developed who the characters were. So if you look at our label, one side of our label, so the, the front of the label is a movie poster for our original movie, right? And it's painted and illustrated in that mid-20th century style, retro, you know, pulp. But then one side of the label is all about the story. It's got a synopsis of the movie. It's got headshots of the characters and their bios, right? So people who want to really geek out and get into this. On the other side of the label, it's all about this high-quality liquid, right? Who's making it, um, uh, what it tastes like, what it's made from. Yeah, it, it really is. It's got so much detail to it. It's really cool. And uh, what, what this reminds me of, and I don't know, have you ever been to Disney World? Sure. So it's, it's tough to be a bug, 
right? Like you can see all those OB movies where like the bugs are attacking the crickets and all that stuff. It's kind of reminiscent of like mm-hmm. that type of, you know, kitsch thing there, but, but it's super, super detailed. I, I love what you've done with these things Thank for you. sure. And uh, like I said, the the bottle, it's just, it's, it's heavy. It's sturdy, you know, like I wouldn't be afraid to drop it and it would, <laughs> like, it would all be gone, you know? Not that you'd want to, but no. you know, for sure. It's just it's it's just a great bottle as far as, you know, the way that runs. So, um are you guys looking at always being N D P or are you guys gonna move more towards actually distilling? How does that work? Sure. Uh, right now, our plan is to continue to source, and also we're in conversations to co- uh, uh, contract distill. Contract distill, yeah. yeah. Um, a distillery could be in our future. Certainly, it's a dream. Um, but we decided, you know, having gone to 70 distilleries all over the country of every size and scale you can imagine, Yep. right, um, from one guy working in 600 square feet to, you know, all the big boys here, um, it's certainly a dream, And but we realized what we heard consistently, especially out in California, from uh, people who had built the distillery first is, you know, it's capital intensive, we know. But they put all their energy, all their money, everything into all that equipment, and then they had nothing left to tell the world about it. Right. right? Sales and marketing is a very important part of this. It's a right? huge punch, yep. And so we just said, you know, we're going to go the other route. We're going we're gonna to get everybody really excited about our brand and our quality and our taste profile. And then when it works, the distillery will come afterwards. Yeah. It's a good idea. You know, I, it's one of those funny things. We, even a couple of buddies and myself have sat back and they're like, you know, how do we, how do we get to this? How do, how, how do we make the next label? How do we make right. the next brand? And, and we've done some brainstorming similar to what you did, it sounds like, and, you know, trying to figure out the pieces and, the, the the problem I find with myself is Indiana is just so the, the temperance laws were stupid from back in the early days mm-hmm. and they're very, very against those type of things. So I'm glad that you're in a, at least a state that it sounds like this super supportive. Well, if we, were, if, we were, <laughs> <laughs> if we, if we were, it's California. Okay. There's a law for everything in California. Yeah. So if we were going to do a distillery, that's the other thing is you're talking about at least um, two years just to get licensed and conditional permits and everything you need. And you have to own the property or lease the property and have a lease for it and be paying for it while you're trying to get your license. So you can spend two years paying rent on a facility, then then they can turn down your license. So it is, it is, wow. it is a huge challenge. So you really, you want to have, you know, you're going to need a lot of money to do it and you want to have a lot of clout already before you start down that path. You know, the one thing I really love about this rye is you, just a couple of drops and it just really, really opens up the tobacco nose and, and those flavors that come through a little bit of the cherry and mm-hmm. some of that really, really nice earthy tone. So yeah, I got the cherry from that one. When, yep. when I hit it with a little water there. That yep. was, yeah. We've experimented obviously with always when we were blending of, you know, we tried it every different way because we're one of those companies. We, you know, I, I grew up on bourbon in Kentucky by coming here so often and, and talking to everybody. And if I go visit a distillery, I find the people in charge and talk to them and ask them a million questions. And, you know, we definitely adopted that philosophy of drink it however you like to drink it. So the Rise of the Robots is a 94 proof um, bottle. And uh, I noticed with the Moonlight, you actually have an extended cut, which is more closer to a barrel strength. Is there a barrel strength rise of the robots in, in, in the makings? Uh, down the road, yes. Okay, yeah. good deal. What about weeders? Um, we have a weeder on the roadmap for a few years from now. Okay. But we have some other stuff coming before then. Okay. So we, we have a roadmap planned out for about five years, knowing that years three through five will change. 
Right. right. But the first couple of years, we have a, a pretty set schedule of what we're coming with. Finishing products, things like that. Is that what's more in, in the near future? Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're, we always say we're, uh, we make whiskey and whiskey inspired spirits. Gotcha. So we have something coming in the spring that's not exactly whiskey, but it's very whiskey uh, adjacent. Gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> and it'll be very different. It's not like anything else that exists. So I, be, because of what I do, I, I have a lot of contacts at uh, one of the small distilleries in Southern Indiana. They, uh, asked me to come help make a pre-bottled, um, old fashioned for them. So mm-hmm. I literally spent weeks, you know, drinking, tasting, mixing, orange, cherry, all the, you know, adjunct fav- flavors that go, you know, to make a good solid old fashioned. So, I understand it's it, you to be whiskey adjacent. It's not very far of a stretch <laughs> to get into something that's very, you know, cocktail centric, but, right. but does some really cool things for sure. Right. But I, I, I know the process. I mean, we have a, a group of us that does the blending and we do the blending and bottling here in Kentucky. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, this first round of spirits we blended, um, I think we tasted about 48 barrels in about two days. Okay. Um, and then, you know, picked from there and then started our different combinations. And we, we had very specific goals with all of these. First of all, there's certain pro- taste profiles that we all like and we wanted to hit those and ones that we believe, you know, our customers will like. But then, for example, on the bourbon, the Moonlight Mayhem regular bourbon, our goal was to make a bourbon that is um, very accessible to new bourbon drinkers but also has enough in there to really let seasoned bourbon drinkers enjoy. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit more about the Moonlight Mayhem. You know, how did that idea come about? And, uh, you know, give me a little bit more detail on that piece. Sure. So Moonlight Mayhem, a saga of werewolves and bourbon. And it's a story about a future. Love it first bite. Yeah. That's, uh, each, of our, each of our releases has a batch uh, number and a batch name. So this first batch of Moonlight Mayhem is Love It First Bite. That's funny. I love that. I like yeah. it. That's good. And I think our first batch of Rise is Courtney's Cut. Courtney's the main character in that story. So where Rise is about a future where um, technology has been outlawed and a fallen technology titan builds an army of robotic bartenders to take over the world. And our heroine, Courtney, who's a bartender turned action hero, has to save the world. Right? Now, Moonlight Mayhem is a world where werewolves, it's just like ours, but werewolves are the dominant species. So the humans all live in fringe neighborhoods where they're all sectioned off. And they're all, you know, subservient to the werewolf culture. And they've got this great nightlife culture. Think American graffiti, right? A strip where they all cruise in motorcycles and cars and things like that. And one of the humans, a a young guy, uh, you know, comes in and he's just in love with the werewolf culture. And he works in a bourbon bar where all the werewolves hang out. And he's like a busboy. And he sees this woman at the bar and she's beautiful. And he instant love at first sight. And um, until it turns out she's the sister of the leader of the pack of the werewolves. And so it becomes this Romeo and Juliet story where the families don't want the human and the werewolf mixing together and even goes to a place where she's a werewolf, so she's in love with this guy, but she can't decide, you know, between love and turning him into a snack. (laughs) (laughs) So I was reading on the back here, it's 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley. Mm -hmm. So, man, I tell you what, I, I really like the nose on this one. It's got a little bit of vanilla. It's got some caramel. I'm getting a I'm getting a hit of citrus a, a hint of citrus in mm-hmm. there, but I tell you when, when I when I drank it what I what I really popped out was like even though I was getting caramel and that that vanilla, it's coming off more of like a like a Werther's original like toffee type flavor to it and then um and then I get the, I get just a little bit of that citrus on the backside mm-hmm. it's, it, but it's not orange which is funny because I'm getting more of an orange on the nose but I'm getting more of almost like a 
I guess I would probably call it maybe like almost like a slight grapefruit, like mm-hmm. on, on the on the on the mid palate there. So it's definitely an interesting pour for sure. Right, I was going to say. Blenders grapefruit. did a really really good job with like making sure that the amount of water that you added to get it to the point that you liked that. So yeah, thank you. Is yeah. that going to be a consistent you know ninety four proof every time when it starts to be released for batch two, batch three? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we we've already got. Uh, we're starting to bottle batch two. Gotcha. So and there there may be even a few batch twos in the wild already. Gotcha. So that being said, so you said you, you, you tasted through 48 barrels or something. So when you do a batch, how many, how many barrels typically go into that batch? Um, right now it's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So it's extremely small batch. So yeah. you're getting roughly, well, depending on how old it is, I guess you're probably getting somewhere between 1,600 and 2,000 bottles per barrel. Nicely done. All right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, our high proof, obviously we get less. Gotcha. And so, you know, um, and every, everything we do is always going to be at least four years old. Gotcha. This stuff is a little older than that, so there's no age statement yep. on it. But we're not. We're, we try to be very transparent. Yeah. Right. And so the the uh, the rye is uh, almost six years. Okay. Like five years, eight months, something like that. Yeah. And the bourbon was almost five years. It's, gotcha. It's yeah, four I was, years. Nine I was months. guessing four to five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It, it. But it's it's very you know it's very. Even though I know what it is now, after right. looking at the mash bill and <laughs> kind right. of talking through it, of course. I mean, it, it, but it, I mean, it, it's very, very true. But you know, you did a really, really good job with bringing forward some of the notes that some people don't bring forward. Okay. I guess that'd be the. I guess that's the best way to put it. That, thank you. That toffee it. really came through when you said toffee. I'm like, that's what I was experiencing. Yeah, just like now. that Werther's original, was, like Grandma's candies. Oh, you know? it was absolutely perfect. You're, you're the second person today to bring up Werther's. Really? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was spot on. I don't know if us crazy uh, Kentucky slash Indiana people, you know, <laughs> we uh, have, have have similar palates. Like, I guess when you drink as much bourbon as I do, you. <laughs> You know, I, I'm like you. I've been to probably more than 70 distilleries, but I've been all over the United States outside mm-hmm. of Kentucky. You know, I, I love visiting places in Indiana. We went to we went to New York. We saw a few places up there, yep. Illinois. I mean, I'm just, just anywhere and everywhere I can find bourbon. I'm yep. like, ooh, what do you got? Let's let's try it. You know, and and the fun thing about it is, is even for folks that dis, that source right or do things differently, it's it's fun because everybody has their own take on it, right? And and when you blend something, you're gonna get something different. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, but you know, as you get bigger batches, you're obviously going to get a little bit different flavor profile and things to that. So it's super, super neat to see what people are coming through and what, how it works. Right. And it's one of the things that sort of made me fall in love with whiskey and with bourbon and rye is the, like, you know, the science of it really appealed to me. You know, there's, there's a way to do things there's a right, there's a wrong, but then there's the art right. where there is no right or wrong. And you can take the same set of ingredients in the same circumstances and two different people are going to come up with two different taste profiles. Yep. Right. And it's just, it's amazing how many variables there are. And so there's always an opportunity to do something new and unique and be creative with it. And we always say there's this real similarity between making movies and making whiskey, right? They both involve art. They both involve science and you need passion and creativity to do both. And so there's that parallel that, um, you know, just really speaks to us for, for both. So <clears throat> I know you're, you're kind of the founding partner and how many partners do you guys t- t- have right now currently? Sure. There's a, our, our main team, there's four of us. Four of you. Okay. Yeah. And you said they're all over the United States, kind of you in LA, you got one in Georgia and then a couple others. Yeah. One in, uh, and also in Southern California, but down in Orange County Okay, and then in Denver. In the OC, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there's a the TV OC. show about that, isn't there? There was. <laughs> Whiskey so. makers of the OC, is that what it's called? <laughs> I mean, you could call it that. You know, that'd be your TV series about film land. Right. You know, whiskey get, makers of the OC. Royalties, please. Royalties. Yeah. 
<laughs> so all right, now I'm going to dive in on the on the extended cut, drive in on this, and this one's 115 proof. Um, I'm assuming it's the same mash bill. I didn't look at that bottle yet. It is. But, okay. Yeah. So, and 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 the funny thing is, I, when I talked to you to, to the marketing guru, Miss Sierra, she said, "Go ahead and try them, open them up," because she had sent me some samples in advance, and I, I didn't want to do that. Like I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it in the bottle. I'm going to let it sit, and I want my first initial take to be when I'm sitting down with you guys, because. I always like to have that experience because it gives you an opportunity to, you know, kind of really, really dive in firsthand and see what it's at. So that's with, great. If, if you don't mind, give us a little bit more detail on the extended cut. Why did you, why, why did you take it to 115 or is that truly batch strength? Like when you blended the eight barrels, is that what it came out to being? Or did you use just a little bit of water so that way you knew 100% you'd have a consistent product moving forward? Right. So uh, Moonlight Mayhem extended cut, it's the same story as Moonlight Mayhem, except like a movie that's an extended cut, there's more to it, right? In a movie, there's more scenes or there, there's extras to it. In this case, there's more proof. There's more alcohol in the I bottle. want to be Slate Saxon. <laughs> He's the leader of the pack, werewolf, that's, human werewolf. Leader of the pack, room, yeah. room. <laughs> and then 115 proof is what it, it's cast strength. We, gotcha. we did not uh, proof it down at all. That's just where it came out. Gotcha. So on and, the nose on this one, I'm getting like, like chocolate right away, like a little bit of cocoa powder. So I don't know. What what are you getting on this, Mike? Well, he's sipping now. I was getting ready to sip. <laughs> you you sip no, and, and, and I I'll, was getting I'll, some chocolate as well. A little chocolate. Yeah. yeah. So the, at San Francisco, the Rise won a gold medal, and the uh, regular Moonlight Mayhem won a silver medal. This extended cut won a gold medal as well. Gotcha. So to get gold, it has to score over ninety four. Is that is that right? I think so. Each of the contests have different rules. Different rules. That, I, I think gold like. Everybody who tastes it on that panel has to give it a certain rating or, you know, to give it a gold, that kind of thing. So question on, you have three other partners, correct? Yes. So is everyone in the film in, or have, have been in the film industry at some point? Or? Yeah. So Charlie Flint, our VP of operations, uh, he and I have written screenplays together. We've done a few other businesses together. He's the one I mentioned. We've been friends for almost 30 years. So he's got a background in the film industry and he's also sold some stuff, you know, outside of our collaborations. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. We have uh, my friend Rick, who I mentioned, who is one of our co-founders, but he's not an active partner in the business. But Rick uh, also has a background in film. He's a film uh, producer and part of a film company. And he's also the podcast host that I mentioned. Nice. But then our, our uh, Daniel Clark in marketing and Kristen Kilpack, uh, our VP of sales, they don't have film industry backgrounds. Gotcha. But they both have spirits industry backgrounds, like very deep spirits industry background so we everything we do it just comes out that way we're a combination of film and spirits the team right the bottles the labels and the product so so it's it's funny this this almost has a, a more of a rye pop than the than the rise of the robots which i, I really like because I'm, I'm a big rye guy me too um but i'll tell you the, the 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 two things that really stand out about this one is like i'm sitting here and, and, and as i was drinking it and nosing it and drinking it and nosing it i get like baseball glove like that like when you sit in the outfield and you're chewing on your mm -hmm. baseball glove when you're like six years old oh my gosh i remember that you yes. know but the, but that's what i get i get a little bit of that like weird wet leather smell mm -hmm. and like a little bit of that like and it's almost like that's the like the the oils that come out of the glove that like viscosity and like that that's what i'm getting like kind of that creaminess mm -hmm. is what's coming forward on that mid palate it's interesting because we you know our even our tasting notes right on the bottle of this you've hit on almost all of them and i've been sitting here with you so i know you didn't read the bottle but uh, cherry, 
We get cherry and chocolate yep. really on the nose and the tongue immediately. See, I didn't get cherry on the, on the nose. So that's oh, weird. you didn't? You no. got tongue? No, okay. I got it on the other one, but I didn't get it on this one. Oh, okay. And then we went for as creamy of a mouthfeel as we could get to. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the mouthfeel right. is great. It's got super, and just I was looking at it, you know, and how it hangs on the glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just got legs for days. So, you know, for only being 115 proof, and it doesn't even drink that high, really. It, it only does drinks, not. drinks probably somewhere around 98, you know, just under 100. Yep. That's what we, we get. Everybody said, like, I've had people say, oh, no, no, I'm not a bourbon drinker. I can't have that high-proof stuff. And then they taste this. I'm like, this doesn't taste like, where's the gasoline taste? No, this, that's not what we're doing. Right? <laughs> I was expecting that burn, just a little yeah. bit of that burn going down, but there was, it really wasn't no, there. It's, it's strong, and it brings out a lot of the complexity and the flavors, but it does not burn. The other thing about this one we kind of stumbled into in a way is we were blending it, and we got to this batch, you know, this test batch, and we tasted it. And then we started doing something else, and we're talking. And then about a minute, minute and a half later, I turned to the rest of the team and I'm like, are you guys still tasting new things right now? And there was this progression that it goes on for like a minute, two minutes, keeps going where it it kind of moves really like this intricate progression where it goes through leather and wood and then, you know, some toast to it, that kind of thing. Yeah. The more I drank of it, you know, it it was like you said, it was some things that were changing and funny, like I'm almost getting like a s'mores. Like you get a little bit of the chocolate and then you get mm-hmm. like the, the earthiness of like the graham cracker. And then like, there's just a subtle sweetness in like kind of, kind of the mid palate that, that gives you almost that marshmallowy, like yeah, I love that. sweet texture. Now, now I got to rewrite the label and reprint all the labels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Scott. So I will say though, the front palate with that rye pop that it's giving, I, I get just a touch of mint sometimes on the very, very front piece. But, but outside of that, I mean, like, I, I really enjoy this. In the, high, in the extended cut, you're getting mint. Yeah, in the extended. That's interesting, because the rye, Charlie and I are both, like, high mint ryes. We like, you know, it's why we, we're drawn to the 95.5 mash bill. Right. The mintier the rye, the better for us. So we really tried to get, you know, we didn't want to overdo it, because we know not everybody's like that, but that's really, in the rye, we really shot for getting a really minty profile. Yeah, no, I get that. Um but, so the funny thing is, with the Rise of the Robot, I didn't get as much mint. Mm-hmm. I got it, but it, it wasn't as much as what I'm actually getting off this. Interesting. On that. Yeah. And it's just on the very front, like the tip of your tongue where, and I try to tell people all the time, like everybody's a little bit different, but like that initial bite has like that mint slash, uh, I guess I would say like maybe like cedar, like mm-hmm. something in that family of like that type of wood right. that kind of like hits the mid the front palate and then... As it starts to move back, you all these complex things that are hitting through. So, I love these bottles, though. These bottles are thank you amazing. So the only get, trouble I have is when I empty one, <laughs> and I want to make it into a light or something for my bar. I don't know that I have anything that'll cut through this. <laughs> this is like quarter inch glass. That's going to take a, a nice diamond tip for sure. Right. Well, the the bottle we put a lot of effort into the bottle. It was a uh, over a year in the making. It's custom. We custom designed it. Had it custom manufactured. You know, it's our own mold. Did you have to get it from China? Uh, we currently do not get our bottles from China. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get them from England. Well, okay. Um, but th- the whole concept of the bottle is the bottle, if you think about a movie theater, right? You have the proscenium, the arch with the curtains and everything. And then the star is the movie in the center of it. So our bottle is meant to be a very elegant 1930s Art Deco style proscenium. And then our label is the is the poster, is the star along with the liquid. Yeah, Mike just pointed out that the the actual etching or writing in the in the side of the bottle that that goes in between the label. Yeah, it's raised raised yeah. letters on yeah. the back of it for yeah. Femiland, which is really really cool. Right, yeah. that started as a design element, but now we call it the grip. 
Because when you grab the bottle, you yeah. know you know which bottle you're grabbing because it's almost got like you know yeah. treads on it, so yeah. you can hold on. Hundred percent, yeah. I, 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 like I said, the attention to detail you guys put on this thing is just second to none. I mean, it really is. Yeah, thank you. We use a lot of like we always say we craft whiskey with a movie making mindset, and what, what does that really mean, right? It's the stuff I said before about art and science and the two having parallels, but like a lot of the design of the bottle. It comes from the world of movie making. So the bottom section there is a kinetoscope. You know, the original Edison, the horse oh, running yeah. around in a circle. That's what that's meant to evoke. And then the uh, the closure is a sort of a combination between a film can and a film reel. Yeah, I see that. So I guess they kind of like cut those woodcut. Yeah, those are laser etched. Laser etched, yeah. yeah. yeah Which that. is a remarkably difficult process for those corks. So I don't know if you've <laughs> ever done this before or not, but like go back and revisit just the nose on, on the rise of the robots. Now that we've mm-hmm. kind of tasted through it. Okay. It's just a totally different nose now. Yeah. And mine especially cause it's empty. So it's kind of gets that dry. So this is one of these, this is like for me, one of those glasses that, that and, and I talked to Mike about this when we'd sat down not that long ago. Like I love a bourbon or a rye or a glass that like once you've drank it, that like if you're sitting around the fire, you're sitting talking to buddies, you can just continue to go back and just sniff the glass, and you're just like, oh yeah, that's what that was, you know, and that that really gives you that 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 sense, you know. Yeah, I'm also look, I, I'm one of those people who believes you got to taste something multiple times on different days in different conditions. You had something for breakfast different that day. Everything affects your perception of it. You got a little right. bit of a cold, whatever it is. So when we were blending. We would do everything, we'd decide on it, and then we'd say, that's it, let's go to bed and taste it the next day, and taste it the next day until we really were, you know, sure that it meant everything we wanted to. It was to. exactly where you wanted it yeah. to be, yeah. That's and, true, because I've had some, you know, obviously drink a lot of bourbon, so I've had bourbon that it, I open the bottle and I have a, you know, highly acclaimed from a friend and have a drink, and it's like, ah, you know, it's okay. Right. Maybe his palate's different than mine, and then I'll have it a month later, and I'm like, wow, he was spot, you know, so right. you're exactly right. I mean, that's, there's a lot of, uh, time and, and repeat. Right. That goes into this. Yeah, I'm sure. absolutely. So when, when you sit back and you, you look at bourbon and, and what bourbon's inspired, you know, kind of why you picked the type of bourbon or why you blended it a certain way, what are the bourbons that you drink that you're like, that's what I was looking for. Or that's what I was trying to get, you know, or, or you know, what, what's kind of your favorite, I guess you would say, outside of obviously your own babies, right? <laughs> right. People people always ask me what my favorite is, and I'm like, well, that's like asking me which one of my kids is my favorite. Right. I'm like, I have an answer. I'm I've just not going to tell you. Oh, come <laughs> right. on. Exactly. I'll tell you which one of mine are favorite. Right. <laughs> if, if my kids are listening, first of all, you shouldn't be. This is a podcast about drinking. And <laughs> second of all, I'm just kidding. Um, How old are your kids? Sorry. Uh, my son is 18, just started college, and my daughter is 16. She's a junior in high school. All right. So awesome. yours are very similar to mine. I've got, I've got a sophomore in college, and I've got a 16-year-old in high okay. school. So we're, we're, we're close. We're in the ballpark. So that means we're probably about the same age then. Probably. Yeah. I'm the old guy in the room. You're the old guy? Yeah. Two of mine are – well, one's a senior in college, one's graduated, and another one is halfway through. So, yeah. Yeah. Old man Mike. So <laughs> where's your son going? Uh, UC Riverside. East California. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the UC system like UCLA yeah. and UC yeah. Santa yeah. Barbara and all that. hundred percent. That's cool. So, so, so you don't, you're not going to tell me your favorite. It's not your product. So you can pick a right. favorite, right? Yeah. No, look, I, I have a, my favorite changes, right? I always say this. It's right. like people ask me what my favorite movie is. I'm How about like, are you? So you're a rye guy. It's got to be a rye. I was going to say, it's got to be a rye. So people ask me what my favorite movie is, right? I'm, I'm not going to answer directly yet. And, uh, 
Pulp and, Fiction. And I say it's, it's, that's a good one. It's whatever movie that I can watch over and over and over again and just love it every time I watch so it. So it's readily right. available. Right. <laughs> Wait, it's Shawshank Redemption. Right, like you not, see it every other We're not weekend. playing Clue right now, okay? <laughs> um, all right. If I, right now, my favorite rye that I've had is, is Lock, Stock, and Barrel 16. I just love that stuff. Really? Yeah. I love the 18 also. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to have the, any of the 20s, but... I just love that stuff. Okay. I think it's great. It's not an everyday drinker because, you know, those, those bottles are premium. Yeah. Um, on the bourbon side, man, I just, I, I have 300 different whiskeys in my vault at home. So, you know, I try something different all the time and, and depending on the mood I'm in and what I'm, what I'm trying to do. But early on, I'll tell you both Wild Turkey 101 yep. and Woodford Reserve are inspirations for me because I love both of those. They make great cocktails. You can sip them if you want to, yep. but they make fantastic cocktails. And then, you know, some of the upper echelons that are the same mash bill, but they do different things are just, you know, have a, a huge collection of their uh, master's collection. So when you're saying 101, which was one of my favorites, I love 101. Are you talking about the 101 rye or the 101 regular? Oh, it started with the bourbon, but it's also the rye. Too. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I love I, them both. Dude, I do too. And, and right. I tell you what, the, when I always talk about price point, like when people are like, well, Scott, come on, man, you only drink fancy stuff. I'm like, no, I, I have everything on my shelf, right? I mean, I have everything from right. JTS Brown bottled and bond all the way up to, you know, the, 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 the high dollar stuff, you know, I said, but you know, I said, you got to have stuff that you can make cocktails out, let people drink. And cause it's, it's bourbon is about sharing, right? So if you don't have a gambit of things you can share, then it makes things hard. So. Right. I, I agree. And that's why, you know, I'll, one of my favorites is Elmer, right? Yeah. But I don't drink it very often because I only sure. have a couple of bottles. Right. Right. Because it's so hard to get. But, sure. Um, so tons of fa- I mean, if we were sitting in front of my whiskey vault, I'd probably go, oh, well, that's my favorite. No, that one's my favorite. No, that one's my favorite. <laughs> so do you, do, you, do you have like a pour that is a favorite of all time, whether it be an old Dusty or like something that's like, you know, just that like, man, I remember drinking that like yesterday, even though it was five years ago type thing. Right. I, I have a few, but there was one night I was in Lexington. I can't remember the name of the place. And Charlie would get mad at me because we always forget it and go, that's the place. And it was, it was a while ago. So, you know, things were still reasonable and there was a flight and it had lock stock and barrel 16 on it. Okay. It had uh, uh, Colonel Taylor four grain. Gotcha. Uh, I think it was Pappy 20 was nice. on it. And then maybe William Lowe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just remember that flight. It was amazing. The four grain, and I've had four grain since, and it wasn't as good, but the four grain was buttered popcorn. That's all I remember. I always, that was just, I've searched for it again to find it. And I, I need to know where this again. place is with that type of. Uh... <laughs> and we went, we went back. It's kind of different now. Yeah. They don't have those kind of it, flights. It's anymore. funny right. how, you know, things will hit you and, and that's kind of the memory you get from it, you know, in right. that, in that aspect. So I don't know. Right. It's but just I, crazy. I have a few pours of Elmer. That's why, cause I, like I said, I don't drink Elmer regularly, but there were a couple of times where I had it and I was just like, this is, this is amazing. I just love this. So being a rye guy, are you, are you an old fashioned guy then? I am, but I'm also old fashioned in the sense that I make my old fashions with bourbon. Okay. So I'm, I'm interesting. A, oh, and I, again, I support anybody who wants to make it any way they want, but if it's me, I make my old fashions with bourbon and my Manhattans with rye. And okay. I can't drink Manhattans. I hate vermouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, but I'm an old-fashioned guy, but I'm, I'm a rye. You're right. And, and because I'm not a sweet – the sweet drinks, you know, if I had wheated sugar, you know, it's already sweetened bourbon essentially to, you know, to a, to a, a simple syrup. Right. You know, it, to me, I'm, I'm more of a rye. Like this, yeah. would, this would kill it, though, in, in, in old-fashioned. I mean, it's, it's rye-forward enough. It's got a nice pop. It would, and, and it would really, really accentuate, you know, the – 
the chocolate on it, and, and I'm talking about the Moonlight Mayhem. You yeah, know, and the 115 cut. would right. be great. I yeah, mean, that's, well, that's the other and thing. And I'll, I'll tell you, surprisingly, the regular proof, the 94 proof, right. makes a fantastic old-fashioned. I, I don't use simple syrup. I use Demomara cubes and, okay. and muddle them and everything. Yeah. But Because um, 101 was my go- is go-to make an old-fashioned, right? right? It's got a great price point. It's delicious. It cuts through you know, all the sweetness that you talked about with the other ingredients. And then, of course, I started making it with this, and that's my new favorite. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just really works. I can definitely fashion. see that. You know, both of them, I think, would hold up fairly well, fairly well with a cocktail. The 94 proof for me, I probably wouldn't use it just because typically for me, it's, I don't want it to go that low. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like right. got to be over 100 proof typically for me to make a cocktail out of it just because I want to have just a little more punch. But I mm-hmm. can definitely see where it would definitely hold up because of the high rye aspect of that right. bourbon. And again, remember, I, we designed that to be accessible to new bourbon drinkers as well. Right. So that's why we kept the proof a little bit lower because people get scared off oh, if they it. haven't drink. So it really works. But yes, I typically make my old fashions with 101, so you know what proof I'm yeah. <laughs> that, That's I'm a great point, in. though, when you talk about the, the 94 proof and scaring folks away. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got some friends that aren't big bourbon drinkers, and boy, when I pull out something that's a, you know, like a bottled in bond, that's a 100, they just back away. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to try this. You know, I mean, that's, you you know, you give them stag junior and they're like, you know, they can't speak for three days. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with stag junior. No, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the proof. I love it. 132.8 was a barrel. 132.4, I think it was batch 12 or 11. I think the the first time I had it, I was in Frankfurt Gotcha. and I was just in, I don't remember a little place for dinner. And they brought it out, and I was like, no, no, I'll have it neat. And, like, you want some water? No, just bring it neat. I think it was 136. Yeah. And I remember that night. <laughs> that, I think that I, hurt. I think I have 13. You were mentioning 11 and 12. Yeah, 11 and 12. And I, I think, think I 13 have. was, like, 128 and some change. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm a nerd when it comes to stag. It's probably, so GTS is probably my favorite pour of all time. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of flock to, you know, the stag juniors as well. So Yeah. No, I'm a fan. I have, I have bottles of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sounds like that. we need to have a next podcast in his in his basement. In his yeah. basement, yeah. yeah. You probably, do they have basements in California? Some people do. He said vault. He <laughs> said vault. So my my vault. I took a. It's actually in my family room. Gotcha. It's one of the benefits of being divorced. I don't have to ask permission to do this, right? Gotcha. Is uh, I I took a closet in the family room and turned it into a whiskey vault. So shelves, glass doors, right? Color changing lights. So every night of the week, the vault's a different color. You know that kind of thing. There and, you go. Uh, and you know, there's about. A little over 300 bottles in there. So when my buddy point. Steve got divorced, he he told me, you know, you know why divorce is so expensive, Scott, right? And I'm like, no, why? And he goes, because it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, Steve. I wouldn't have expected that from him. But. See, I got divorced, and then I married someone from Kentucky. Oh, so there you go. That gave me the excuse to load up on bourbon. Start right? drinking more? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I guess that's a Move win. back here, right? So, all right. One last time, kind of go through, you know, the the inspiration, where you're going, wh- what's the next, you know, two to three years look like for Filmland, and, and, and kind of go from there. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, the in- inspiration is is my love for movies and my love for whiskey and finding a way to put them together in a way that gives us an outlet for creativity and, you know, sort of a very wide palette that we can play with, you know. So because we're we've got this sort of, b-movie bent and these movie posters in this style there's so much we can do I, I have every day i wake up with another concept for another story have you started making a movie yet from the actual thing or, no. or is it just writing it okay no that's no cool. we, we we write the treatments and some of the scripts like if you go to a website we have um you can download the poster and soon you'll be able to purchase the posters but you can um uh download or view 
pages of the script. Gotcha. Right. And so you can read it. And in a few weeks, we'll have storyboards along with that as well. Um, but in terms of where we're going, we got, we got a lot of big plans for the next, you know, three to five years. We've got a lot of new products thought through as well as extensions of the existing one. Um, and we just want to, you know, we've been sourcing a lot of different whiskeys. Some stuff in the future will come from Kentucky as well as California and other places. And we just got a lot of ideas. And we really, you know, we want to share this with as many people as possible. And we're trying to build a community of people who love the stories and love the whiskeys. So if people want to come out to Filmland and they want to see you visit, you know, go through, talk, you know, taste it out there, how do they do that? Um, right now, um, we don't. We're, okay. we're, there's a few stores that we're about to be into that actually have tasting bars. The laws are a little, as you know, the laws are different. He said he had a vault, and, Scott. He and, said he had a vault. <laughs> well, that's, you know, Filmland headquarters is my house. You can certainly come over and give me a call in advance. The address is 127. <laughs> right. Just kidding. But, uh. <laughs> but there are a few places we're about to be into in California that have, uh, you know, associate like this place that we're in right now that has both a bar and a retail shop. Um, there's not a lot of those in California because of the, the way the laws work. Um, but you can purchase on our website in about 40 states. Okay. Or you can go to reservebar.com and purchase and, you know, also close to that many states. We are distributed locally here in Kentucky. Um, so I think you mentioned you saw us in Kroger. Yep. And then we're also distributed locally in California. It's funny because I, I, I had not seen any of your products. And then after talking to uh, Sierra, and we keep talking about Sierra, she's, she's, she's a little mic shy. So it's okay. We're not, we're not going to force she's her on. She's here. But, I promise. I see her. But, it, but it's funny that like as soon as I started talking to her about you know having the interview, talking, having the conversation, like I started seeing your bottles. Right. And I was like, well, Bobby dang. So it's just one of those funny things that like as soon as, as, soon as we start talking about, like boom, it's there. So. Right. That's because we've been following you around. (laughs) That's fine. I don't care. You know, at least somebody's following me around. (laughs) Filmlandspirits.com, Scott. Filmlandspirits.com. Gotcha. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Filmland Spirits. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. And uh, so that's the best way to reach you. Is there an email address that if people want to have any questions, comments, or concerns? Yeah, just info at Filmlandspirits.com. On the website, there's a contact page, and depending if you're a distributor looking to get involved or a retail store or a consumer or PR, whatever, there's a place for you to uh, reach out and contact us. Just about everything we do has a QR tag on it, so yep. you can you can scan and get that. Yeah, I noticed that the glasses you had even had a QR tag. Yeah. <laughs> the glasses are awesome, by the way. You. Thank you. And they'll be for sale soon. We're, we're launching merchandise in November. Gotcha. So glasses, T-shirts, hats, posters, that kind of thing. Now I'm going to need a hat. Right. You can also, you can also uh, uh, DM us on Instagram. We're, we're really responsive. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, if you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us on all of our social media platforms. We have Google. Po- we are on uh, <clears throat> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're looking for our podcast, you can find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, and my favorite, personal favorite is Spotify. Um, this is Scott signing off with Troy and Mike. Peace out.